Praise God. Well, this morning, I'm going to start. Uh, I was planning on doing this last Sunday. I was going to, the Lord started dealing with me several, a uh, couple of weeks ago about ministering on the Holy Spirit and ministering on the person of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, uh, the, how many believes the Holy Spirit is a person? And sometimes, some places in the, the King James and all, it says he's an it, but it's not an it, he's a he. And, uh, but anyway, I want to open our Bibles to Acts chapter 19 and read a couple of scriptures here. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to minister long on this because this will be a little later down on the road, the road. But we're just going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and when I was praying about all this and seeking God, which God changed my message last, last, uh, a Sunday morning as I stood up on the pulpit. And, uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, but I, I know after the Lord's dealt with me to do this, I turned on the iPod for Pastor Sam Carr's iPodcast, and uh, the first thing it was with John Welch, which he's an associate pastor there, he said, we're just going to start a series on the Holy Spirit. And I said, well, you know, God told me that very same thing to do here. And uh, so uh, it must be God wanting us to know more about the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, most people, when you talk about the Holy Spirit, people only think we're thinking about talk speaking in tongues. Well, that's part of it, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit has a whole lot bigger uh, area in our life than just that, which that's, that's important. Anyway, in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard whether there was a Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of people, when we start talking about being born again and such as that, I, I think sometimes we eliminate or don't think so much about the Holy Spirit, which he has a major part of that because he's the one who comes into your life in salvation. And so we're just going to kind of go from uh, into Genesis today. And I want to talk about this morning, the Trinity. I want to talk about the Trinity. And uh, how many knows what Trinity means? Three. It means three. And I want to talk about that and give you scriptures on this because we need to see where, you know, what God says about the Holy Ghost and what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. So let's go all the way to the first book in the Bible in Genesis, and we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit in here. And uh, so uh, the Holy Spirit, if you'll... If you'll, if you read your Bible throughout the Old Testament, there's always the work of the Holy Spirit in every book. And uh, the good thing about the New King James Spirit filled life, New King James version of the Bible, if you look at the front of each book, it'll tell, it always says the work of the Holy Spirit in it. And it shows you in the scriptures where it's talking about what the Holy Ghost was doing in those books. And uh, it gives a lot of study helps in that Bible. So it says in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And listen to what it says, And the Spirit of God was hoovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hoovering over the face of the waters. When it's talking about the Spirit of God, it was talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was hoovering over the face of the waters because you'll find a lot of places in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is recognized as the Spirit of God, as the Spirit of God. And so the Holy Ghost was in the, the beginning and, and hoovering over the face of the waters, just waiting on His command to do, and uh, that's exactly what He was doing. In verse 26, let's look over there. Verse 26 says this, Then God said, Let us, let us, 
How many knows when you say us, it's, talk, it's plural? Let us. I don't think he was at telling the angels we're fixing to make a man in our image because angels weren't made in God's image. Man was. And he goes on to say, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God said, let us, us. Here's what the Amplified says of that verse. It says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So in in creation, we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three. And they're... And, and sometimes we, people, you know, anyway, I don't know how we see it, but when you start reading the scriptures, you find out that it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. 1 John 5, 7. And it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, who's the Word? And the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. These three are one. What is, what does he mean by these three are one? They're in total agreement. They're in total agreement. They're constantly working together. I mean, they're not opposed to one another. And, uh, when you say, when he says the, 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 the three, these three, what, what did it say? These what? These three. Well, you're not going to call just, if I was standing up here, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't claim myself to be three if I said me, myself, and I, me, myself, and I. I'm still going to be one. I'm one, but, uh, uh, it's, it's me. But when he said the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, did you know there are three different personalities? There are three different persons. And we need to recognize the work of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus did, what God's doing, and recognize them as being completely different or separate, but yet one in what they're doing. And uh, in Matthew chapter 3, when you look at a lot of scriptures I'm going to be bringing out today, you're going to be saying, well, how could we miss that? In Matthew 3... Verse 13. Trust me, it's gonna, it's gonna be a good a deal because there's so much about the Holy Spirit I think we miss sometimes. In verse 13, it says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it so to be to so, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him, and when he had baptized Jesus, and when he had baptized, and when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Where'd the voice come from? 
heaven. Jesus was being baptized, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. Now, he's not a dove, but at the same time, that was the way he presented himself when he lit upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus that day. And I'm telling you something. That tells you right there, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Are we seeing all three of them right there? We've seen them in Genesis. We see where First John talked about the three. And I'm telling you something. He is, uh, uh, he is ever much as God. He is ever bit as much a God as Jesus is and God the Father is. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew 28. Matthew 28. That's the last chapter in Matthew. Verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How do he say baptize them? In the name of who? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm smart enough to know if there was only one, then why didn't they just call him one name? Huh? And so, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, you can get in a lot of controversy over some of these things with some, some people. And uh, I know we've had people come here and want to debate me over, over all this. Well, I don't debate nobody. I, I, you know, you're going to believe what you want to believe. I'm going to believe what I'm going to believe, and we're going to go on and live happily ever after. Huh? You get a whole lot better off if you try to quit arguing with people over the word. Did anybody hear that? I'm telling you, you said, but they make me so mad. Well, just get glad. Pray for their eyes to be open, huh? Pray to help them. I, I had a guy one time. He insisted. In he wanted me to debate me on the radio and stuff like that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to debate you. I'm because uh, he didn't believe anything like I preached, and. Uh, so anyway, he would uh, come to me and uh, uh, talk about different things, and and uh, and I just tell him I don't agree with that. And uh, but the, you know, listen, I, I've learned this: I can agree to disagree. We're to agree to disagree. There's not. I guarantee you, looking at who's here, to, there's going to be times I preach something. You're going to say, I just don't know if I really agree with that. Well, we're going to agree to disagree. Because I'm going to see things a little different from you sometimes, but I tell you what, I'm going to try to stick as close to that word as I can. Amen. And if I get, if, I, if I'm off, I'm going to repent. I'm telling you, the devil's out to deceive you. And I tell you, there's being, being people deceived right and left, uh, all over the place. They're being deceived. They're falling away from God. They're, they're going into stuff that the Bible t- teaches us that we ought not be getting involved in. And, uh, because they're being deceived. Well, the Bible talks about this as far as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, if you want to believe it just oneness or one, that's your business and all. But I find out in the Word of God, there's three. And I'm going to go that way. How about you? I'm going to go that way. And I don't care if people come here and preach that. I, I remember somebody coming to church one time and the first thing he asked me is, how do you baptize? I should have just said water. How did you baptize? Well, he was at wanting to know my procedure in which I did it. And so, you know, I, I, I learned, I learned from, uh, uh, Kenneth e. Hagin. 
And he said, he, he just tries to cover all the bases. So he said to make everybody happy, he always said, I'll baptize, he'll say, I, in the name of Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I took up baptizing because God said, Jesus is one told us to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I know it says over in Acts 2, be baptized in the name of the Lord for the remission of your sins. But the thing about it is, is we've got to recognize the third part of this Godhead and that's the Holy Spirit because He's the one here. I said, He's the one here. Where's Jesus? At the right hand of the Father. Isn't that what it said? At the right hand of who? Well, he can't be at the right hand of, right hand of, right hand of himself. Huh? Anyway. John 14. John 14. I remember somebody bringing me a book. Listen, I've got, I've got tons of books. I mean, I've got tons of books. You, if you've ever been to my office, I got three bookshelves in there and they're, they're just, loaded down with books and I'd like to say I've read them all but I haven't some of them people's given me a lot of them I've bought and the Lord kind of deals me sometimes how to go back what books to read and I pull them out and I read them and uh but the thing plus me and Linda both went through correspondence with Rhema uh, both of us together so we all got double books on a lot of Rhema's books but the thing about it is, I remember uh, an individual that came in one time and said, I want you to read this book. Listen to me. I'm not going to read just a book because you give it to me. Don't get mad. Are you? I guarantee you, say, I'll read it. I guarantee some of them books are just sitting on the shelf collecting dirt. And so he said, I want you to read this book. Well, I already knew that he didn't agree with how I preached and the word that I preached. And so I knew that book was going to be nothing to try to change what I thought about what I was preaching. And so I told him when he handed it to me, I said, I'm not going to read it. I just told him to face, I'm not going to read it. He said, well, why not? I said, because I don't, we just don't agree. And I knew it was uh, anyway. So he left it with me anyway. Well, I'm going to leave it with you. I said, I'm not going to read it. Can you get any more plain than that? I'm not going to read it. You think I read it? No. I finally gave it back to him and said, here's your book back. He said, did you read it? I said, no. I told you I wasn't going to read it. Huh? Listen, you've got to be careful what you subject yourself to. You've got to be careful what you subject yourself to because I'm telling you what, the devil is sly. Huh? He'll start getting you to looking at things that's, that's basically contradictory to the Word of God. But you, the reason the devil... Here's the deal. The reason, you know why people get deceived? Because they're deceived. I'll not be deceived. Say it with me, I'll not be deceived. Some of y'all, some of y'all others open your mouth too. I will not be deceived. You gotta make up your mind, you're not gonna be deceived. Come on now. If you've got, listen, if you've got a Bible, listen to me real good. If you've got a Bible and you read that Bible, and you ask God to show you and reveal to you what He wants you to know in that Word, there's no reason you should be deceived. Amen? If the author of the book lives in you, (laughs) you hardly could understand some of it. Amen? Praise God. In John 14, 16 says this, it said, Jesus said, Most assuredly I say to you, where did I tell y'all to go? 
That's where I'm at now. It's what? Well, I'm in 14. Okay. So y'all are finally listening to me, huh? Verse 16, you're right. And Jesus said, I'll pray the Father, and He will give you another helper or comforter, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So here we see right here, Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father, and He's going to send you another helper or comforter which is talking about the Holy Spirit. And so we see here the Trinity revealed, right? We see it here. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 13. Now I know some of you probably may be thinking, what in the world is this all about? Listen, we need to understand. We have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Verse 14. I did tell you 2 Corinthians, didn't I? 13, 14. Paul writing, he said, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. He makes reference to all three there also. Right? Look at Acts 2. Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 32. Verse 32 says, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. So He makes reference again to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he was communicating the fact that in Acts chapter 2 where they were all in the upper room, one mind, one accord, and the Spirit of God filled the whole house where they were sitting, cloven tongues as a fire, set upon each and every one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave them utterance, or the Holy Spirit. And so it was saying again about the Trinity, or the, th- uh, the, 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 the three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 38. I could quote that, but we're going to look at it. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You wonder sometimes you look at it and say, well, well, you mean the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. Well, they're one together. But we got you have to understand the fact that the Bible said Jesus stripped himself of his divinity 
and he took on the form of a servant. He said that in Philippians chapter 2. And he became a man, a servant, just like you and I. So if you read the Bibles, you read the Gospels, you'll find out that Jesus operated. Everything Jesus did on the earth, he did by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Did you know he did no miracles until after he was baptized and the Spirit of God came upon him in the form of a dove? That's when he started doing the miracles. Huh? And so he gave us, a, a let us see the, how we operate also in, in God. So but reading those scriptures, can we all see that it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Amen? And these are all three different personalities, although they're all one and completely in total agreement. Now look at John chapter 7, St. John 7. I'm excited about ministering on the Spirit, Holy Ghost. I think we, I pulled out a book we've had for years called The Spirit Himself. Isn't that what it's called? The Spirit Himself. And man, He goes through, every, I mean, it's, every, it's amazing all the stuff. And, uh, gosh, it's been years and years since I read that book, but I found it in one of my, on my bookshelf the other day. Uh, yeah, it was one of our correspondence books. John 7. Verse 37 says this, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we see right here that the, Jesus said there's going to be a time if you're hungry and thirsty, you come, as the Scripture says, out of your heart or out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. Listen, the Holy Spirit uh, did not manifest in people's lives until Jesus died and rose again. And then it's through them believing upon Him that you're actually born again. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is whom Jesus said are the Spirit of God, the rivers of life flowing out of you, the rivers of water is going to come as a result of you being born again. Right? Because we know there's two different, two different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There's one in the, in the new birth when He comes into your life and then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit when He comes upon you or induces you with power from on high. Two manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus said, the Spirit of God is going to come inside of you. And He's talking about the Spirit of God. Jesus ministered to everybody He ministered to was potential, uh, to be potential Christians. Until they believed upon Him, they weren't born again. Look in John 14. We're going to go back to John 14. John 14, verse 15. We've heard this so many times around here at this church, and uh, you'll probably hear it a lot more times. But we're going to go to John 14, 15. And for the sake of time, I might as well just go ahead and read it in the Amplified Bible because it amplifies it. Jesus said, If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. He said, And I will ask the Father, 
and he will give you another comforter. We read that a while ago. He said he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by that he may remain with you forever. That he may remain with you forever. It's amazing. These are just some of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he calls him right here. But there's so many other things that the Holy Spirit does and that he's accredited to in the Word of God. So he's your comforter or, or your counselor. Anybody ever need counseling? Anybody ever need help? Just somebody to talk to you? Do you know the Holy Spirit can be that to you? He said he's a counselor. He's a helper. Anybody ever need help? I think we all need help from time to time. I remember one of the uh, main things my little middle grandson always said it. Uh, he, he always tickled me. But if he, and he ever got to buy and he'd say something like, Help me, Jesus! I mean, it didn't matter if he got to buy and he'd say, Help me, Jesus! Well, praise God, he knew what he said, where, he, where his help come from. So he's helper, he's an intercessor. You know what intercessor is? Some who, uh, someone who pleads your case or someone who prays. And uh, he's an intercessor, an advocate. That's like a lawyer. Aren't we glad we have a lawyer in the Holy Ghost? A strengthener. Everybody felt like they, anybody needed strength? Huh? Man, the, the strength God gives comes from inside you. Huh? It comes from inside you, inner strength. And it says a, a standby, so he's always on standby. You ever been on standby? Huh? I tell people all the time when they, they used to, the people will have issues or something like that, and they say, well, we didn't want to bother you or we didn't want to call you, and they'll call everybody else but me. And my mind was always thinking, well, if they wanted me to know, they let me know. If they don't want me to know, they won't tell me. Don't get mad at me. I'm thinking, well, you can call everybody else and tell them, but you don't want to bother me. And I'm your pastor. Hello. And so it says, it says, he says, going to be with you forever. He said, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive welcome take to its heart because it does not see him or know or recognize him, but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. He, he's with you constantly and He's going to be where? In you. in you. When does the Holy Ghost come into your life? The day you ask Jesus to save you. That's when He moves in. He says He's with you constantly, but there's going to be a day that He moves into you. You say, I wish God was with me. Well, where, where is, if you, are you born again? He goes everywhere you go in the person of the Holy Spirit. And He's with you everywhere you go. He's always there to help you. Bring to your remembrance whatsoever things Jesus has shared with you, whatever the word. Have you ever been in a situation you say, God, I have no earthly idea how I'm going to deal with this or what I'm going to say. Why don't you call upon the Holy Spirit? Why? Because He's your helper. Huh? I used to always get all bum-puzzled and stuff when somebody wanted to counsel with me. They wanted to talk to me. they say, Pastor, I need to see you. And pastors are probably like a lot of people. I wonder what they want. Anybody, somebody want to talk to you and say, I wonder what they want. Oh, my God, I wonder if they're doing that. I wonder. And you already, already know what they're coming for because you're, you're already figuring it up, how you're going to say, how the speech you're going to make or what you're going to say. And then you stop and say, well, I don't even know what they're going to ask me for yet. 
How can you know how to answer someone if you don't know what they've asked? So I learned this, God, you're with me, and in that very hour in which I need you, that you're going to show me and tell me what I need to say. And that's where I just finally learned, I'll pray in the Holy Ghost, I'll pray in tongues a while, and I'll just seek God on that. And when they come in, I will just give them the answers God gives me as they're asking. And not always what they want to hear. But I found out the Word of God's not always what we want to hear. Huh? If all you got's itching ears and, and once somebody scratch your ears, the Word of God is not the place to go. But if you want answers and you want the truth and you want something to help you and something to change your life and give you success to bring healing to your life, then the Word of God is what you need and the Holy Ghost is the one you need to lead God and direct you in it. Amen? He said He's not just going to... Uh, he's with you constantly. He's going to be in you. He said, I'll not leave you orphans or comfortless, de- desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit moved into our lives. My, the Holy Ghost moved into me March the 5th, 1978. That's when He came into my life because that's when I was born again. And He moved into my life and changed me forever. Anybody get changed when you got born again? You better have. If there wasn't no change in you, you might not might need to go back to the altar or wherever else you need to go. I mean, I was out in the pasture when I got born again. Do you know he showed up right in that pasture? Interrupted my fishing trip? Huh? And he said he'd make me fishers of men, but he but that day he didn't talk to me nothing about fishers of men. He wanted me just to be born again. Huh? Anybody remember the day you got born again? I remember where I was. I remember what I was doing. I remember exactly what I did. I fell on my knees right out in the pasture, laid my rod and reel down, and I asked Jesus to come into my life. And you know He did it. The Holy Spirit moved right in. Man, He was with me. You say, how do you know? Because conviction was on my life. There's no conviction without the Holy Spirit. Conviction is a good thing. I said conviction is a good thing. God will convict you to get your heart right, to get you back right. Well, God loves you so much and He loves people so much that the Holy Spirit... Didn't He say... Now, listen to me. When Jesus was talking to His disciples, not one of them was born again. Not none of them. He said, the Holy Spirit's with you constantly. See, nobody's going to get born again unless the Spirit draws them. Nobody's going to get born again unless the Holy Spirit deals with their hearts. That's when we, you start praying for people and they start... Uh, listen, when you start praying for people, you are literally inviting the Holy Spirit to deal with their hearts, to minister to them, to, to touch their lives. And next thing you know, they what we would call uncomfortable. You say, well, I don't want none of my loved ones uncomfortable. Why not? I'm telling you, if they're comfortable, they might not, never come to repentance. But if they're not comfortable, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and He never forces Himself on nobody. But the thing about it is, He will deal with your heart, and deal with your heart, and deal with your heart. And people start to, oh my God! I, I, I remember an old cowboy a friend of mine that I knew real well, and and uh, was talking to another friend of mine, and he told him one day, he said, "I pray to, I, I pray that God will leave me alone." And that other pastor friend of mine said this. He said, you better pray to God he don't. And you know, that guy got saved and got his life turned around and was the biggest soul winner and brought more people into his church at that time. That individual. Why? Because the Holy Ghost was dealing with him. See, the Holy Ghost was with him, but he wasn't in him. And when he moved in him, 
then he could work out his salvation with fear and trembling. There's something working on the inside of you. Amen? And so when you got born again, there's a change takes place on the inside of you. And praise God, uh, uh, there's new life comes into you. The Holy Spirit brings life. Eternal life. He brings peace. He brings joy. He brings faithfulness. He brings patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Isn't that right? That's what Galatians 5.22 says. The work that the Holy Spirit accomplishes in you is the fruit of the Spirit. So He comes in and brings a, makes a, a major difference in your life. Am I right? I'm telling you, listen, I, I don't mean to be ugly, but people who don't have a major change in their life, something's wrong if they say they're born again. Because being born again is exactly that. Born again, or born anew, or born afresh of the Spirit of God. And that's what Jesus said right here. There's going to be a day that if you believe upon me, and you, uh, according to Romans 10, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you'd be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth the confession is made unto salvation. There's going to be a day when you say that prayer, and you believe that prayer, that the Holy Ghost is going to come from out here, remove right on the inside of you, and take up residence in your life. See, the Bible says you're a house of God. The Bible says you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. That He moves inside of you and makes a difference in your life. I mean, I go nowhere. You can't go nowhere without Him. Can I say that again? You can't go nowhere without Him. If you're born again, you're, no, you're everywhere you are, He is. Huh? I, I heard somebody say something on TV the other day, and I thought it was so funny. He said, I am wherever I go. I thought, really? I am wherever I go. I guess I guess you are. I thought it was kind of funny myself. I don't know if he meant to say that or accidentally said it or what. But did you know he is wherever you are? He is wherever you are. That's good news. That means you don't have to live in fear. Because he is wherever you are. Wherever you are, God goes with you because you're the container that He lives in. That's good news. Makes you want to shout a little bit, don't it? Glory to God. Woohoo! Who said that, little Maria? <laughs> Look at John 16 real quick, and I'll close with these. I'll close with, I'm not near done, but this is going to be a series, by the way. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to be a good series. The Holy Spirit of God. I'm going to also, Teresa, go to uh, uh, John 16, uh, 5. And uh, I'm going to do it also in the Amplified. But now I'm going to Him who sent me, yet none of you ask me where you're going. But because I've said these things, your sorrow has filled your hearts, taking complete possession of them. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, good, expedient and advantageous for you that I go away. He's literally telling them, it's to your advantage that I'm leaving. It's to your advantage. Listen, the Holy Ghost is an advantage to you. The Holy Spirit is an advantage to you to help you 
And Jesus, but one reason the heart there was so sad because Jesus said he was going away. They were full of, their hearts was filled with sorrow, the Bible says. But Jesus said, listen, I've got good news for you. I'm sending somebody to you that's going to give you joy and give you peace. See, no matter what you face in this life, there's a lot of heartache in this life. There's a lot of trouble in this life. There's a lot of persecution. There are a lot of uh, uh, disasters. All kinds of things happen in this life. But Jesus said this. He told us this. He said, I'm going to send somebody that no matter what you face in life, what comes against you, he's going to help you. I said, he's going to help you. There's no reason any of us should stay, uh, should live, listen to me, should live a down life. When we have the spirit of truth on the inside of us and we have a helper on the inside of us, we have an encourager on the inside of us, we have strength on the inside of us, we have the power of God on the inside of us, we are to be living a blessed life. Don't let the devil rob you of your quality of life. Sometimes you've got to rise yourself up, stand up, shake yourself off, say this is a new day, praise God, and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to recognize who's on the inside of me, and I'm going to walk in the glory of who I am. Huh? I like what Paul and Silas did in Acts chapter 16 when the Bible says at midnight. At midnight, they began to pray and sing psalms and praise unto God in the middle of a prison in the dungeon, the darkest part of that prison. And all of a sudden, they just began to pull strength. I guarantee they pulled strength from on the inside of them. The Holy Ghost rose up on the inside of them. The power of God came upon them. And they just began to release their joy in singing and praise. Listen to me. Joy is not based upon feelings, but I tell you what, joy will change your feelings. People say, well, you know, I just don't feel joyful. So? Well, I just don't feel the peace. It's in you. It's, 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 it's in you. It's a part of you. And when they begin to say, and you know, a lot of people say, you know, in the, your darkest hour, your, your worst time of your life, all of a sudden the Holy Ghost will show up. And when you start praising and worshiping God, the problem is, uh, with a lot of people, if we're not careful, we keep our mouths shut and we don't get involved in, in, uh, in, in worshiping God and praising God and praying. And that's a part of what you're going to have to do in order to have the power of God begin to reignite on the inside of you. Although He's not left you, He's still there. He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. And I know they'll say it's the darkest hour of your life, but I was reading that one day and just said, the Holy, here's what the Holy Ghost said to me. I mean, it was so strong. And so real to me when he said this, he said, uh, you know, it's maybe the darkest hour of the day, but it's also the beginning of a new day. So you got to decide this is the beginning of a new day for me. Praise God. I'm going to rise up in the power of God and I'm going to live the rest of my life. And it's going to be the best of my life in the name of Jesus. Come on now. You're to make statements all the time. The rest of my life is going to be the best of my life. Amen. Don't let the devil keep robbing you of your joy and your peace when you've got the power of God living on the inside of me. The Bible says when David had lost everything that he had over in Ziklag, they stole his family, they took burnished city, they did everything. The Bible says they wept till they had no more power to weep. But David pulled aside and the Bible says he strengthened himself in the Lord. I'm talking about he pulled aside because here's what was different about David. He was a man after God's own heart and he was a praiser and he was a worshiper and he was a prayer and he pulled aside and said, I tell you what, you, you can all go, just keep 
pride. He was well just like the rest of them, but he had to pull himself up. He had to come out of that grieving process and he had to say, I am getting my feet back on the right path. I'm going to serve God for the rest of my days and the rest of my life. And I'm going to receive. And when he started praying, God said, I tell you what, you start praying and strengthen himself in God. He said, here's what you do. I want you to pursue, overtake, and without fail, you're going to recover everything that you lost. You know what he did? He pursued, overtook, and recovered everything that the enemy had taken. And listen to me, the enemy, uh, the Malachites, when they went into a place, they killed everything. They destroyed everything. But David got everything back plus everything back that others did not go to get. Huh? I'm going to prophesy to you, you're about to get some things back. I said, you're about to get some things back. I said, you're about to get some things back if you'll decide to just make an effort and say, you know, I'm tired of being in the mully grubs. That's a Texas term, isn't it? The mully grubs. Anybody know what the mully grubs is? Stuck in a ditch. I've been through those times that it seems like <laughs> I don't feel the Holy Ghost. Anybody besides me? Ever went through those times? Yeah, I'm dry. I'm just dry. We'll say I'm dry. Why don't we start saying I'm refreshed? <laughs> I'm watered, well watered. The Bible says you're a well watered garden. Huh? I'm being revived in the Holy Ghost. Man, I tell you what, we, we should never be, uh, we should never, uh, we may get down, but we shouldn't stay down. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but he'll get back up. It's not a, listen to me, it's not a disgrace to fall. The disgrace is not getting back up. That's the disgrace. I'm telling you what, the devil wants to try to knock your slats out from under you. I tell you what, you just need to say, oh, I'm rising back up. Devil, look at you. Oh my God, they're getting back up. Hallelujah. Let's go on. I'm quitting. It's good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away because if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you, to be in close fellowship with you. And when he comes, he will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin and about righteous uprightness of heart and right standing with God and about judgment, about sin because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely upon, and adhere to me, about righteousness, uprightness of, of heart and right standing with God because I go to my Father and I will, and you will see me no longer, about judgment because the ruler, evil, e- evil genius prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned and sin is already is passed upon him. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you're not able to bear them or take them upon you or grasp you them right now. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was going to start bringing those teaching, all that, that stuff. And when he, the spirit of truth and, and truth giving spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth, the whole full truth. For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him, and he will announce and declare to you the things that are to come and that will happen uh, in the future. He will honor and glorify me because he will take of and receive and draw upon what is mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. That is what I meant when I said he, the Spirit of truth, will take the things that are mine and will reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit it to you. I'm telling the Holy Spirit is an inside uh, uh, informer to inform you, 
to encourage you, to strengthen you, to help you. And we do need help in this day and in this hour. Amen. Father, we love you so much. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have sent to be not just with us, but in us. And God, as born-again believers, as, as men and women who have asked you into our lives, Holy Spirit, you're here to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. Father, I thank you that when the Holy Spirit came in their life, He came in with joy. He came in with peace, with kindness, with love, with joy and goodness and faithfulness, temperance. He came in and brought all those characters of God to be manifest in our lives. We love you so much and thank you for our new birth experience that we are born again believers.